0: Good evening, welcome to our Wednesday night virtual fuel experience. My honor and privilege to be before you. I'm so grateful for our time together and it's always good when we get to dig into the word of the Lord. Today, as I come before you guys, we are in our series on re-engaging. We have talked about reconciliation and now we're talking about Walking in our regenerated identity, we're we're going through who we are in God, who we are in Christ as the regenerated. The Bible says if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature, not quantitatively new, but qualitatively new, literally a new genesis. A new species, never before seen, never before experienced. And so we're talking about how do we walk in this manner? How who are we in Christ? Who are we once we become the regenerated? And we're we're affirming that. We're, we're re-engaging with that. We're disengaging from the lies, re-engaging with the truth. Glory to God. And so let me pray for you, if you will allow. And then we're going to jump in. Go ahead, before I pray, share this video. Let somebody know that we're in the midst of our Wednesday Night Fuel virtual experience, our virtual encounter. And, you know, just go ahead, begin to take some notes. As I told you guys before, just briefly before I dig in, as I told you guys before, we're going to be really fine-tuning our virtual experience elevating it if you will and in that fine-tuning one of the things that we're going to likely do is we're going to get one solid place where we can add some more tools to our experience as we move forward we're not going to stop streaming at all but we want to enhance that experience but now go ahead like share this video let everybody know that a wednesday night fuel is beginning let's pray father in the name of jesus lord i thank you lord give us ears to hear what the spirit would say allow us to walk as the regenerated give me strength to deliver this word with precision we know the promise of god that the word will not come back void but it will accomplish what you send it forth to do so god i thank you in advance that even as i minister across these virtual means That signs, wonders, and miracles are glory taking place in homes, in cars, on jobs, during breaks. Even days after this is recorded, God, we believe that your spirit is resting on the ears of the people who are hearing this word. That transformation is coming by the renovation of our mind. I thank you and I give you praise in Jesus name and for your glory. Amen and amen. All right. And so when it comes to our spiritual identity, I know that Sunday, if you go back, I I was able to teach some of this. But when it comes to our spiritual identity, it's important that we understand that our spiritual identity, our identity as a whole, honestly, is groomed. We are groomed into a certain way. You know, when the Bible says train up a child. The way that he should go, and when he is old, look at that proverb, he will not depart from it. Train up, train up. There's the grooming right there because to be groomed is to be prepared or trained for a particular purpose or activity. To be prepared or trained for a particular purpose or activity. Now, when the Bible says, Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Sadly. See, the principle of that verse is true. But some of us have received carnal, inferior, um, demonic in some instances, training. And that's been our grooming. It happens over time. Happens over time. And it happens to the point where sometimes what feels foreign will stop to feel foreign. And then it becomes a part of our normative behavior. You know that the, the training or the grooming has set in when it no longer feels foreign, but it's a part of your normative behavior. But as I said Sunday, I will also declare today, what has been done can be undone. Go ahead and write that in the comments. What has been done can be undone. Quickly, as I go through this, we see Saul. And he's our case study, if you will, for this particular uh, lesson. We see Saul who would later become Paul and prayerfully I'll get there. Saul is present. Saul is present in Acts chapter 7, 58 and 60. Saul is present when they are stoning Stephen. The Bible literally says that they laid their coats at his feet. This is grooming. You can be groomed by proximity. You can be uh, groomed with intentionality or you can be groomed unintentionally. You can be groomed simply by seeing, hearing, feeling, huh? See, here's the thing. Anytime our gates are exposed, they become a doorway to the information that is coming through that gate. And so Saul, sitting here, the coats are laid at his feet. The grooming has begun. By the time I get to chapter 8 of Acts, Acts 8, if you look at 1 through 3, I'm going quickly. It says, Saul agreed with it and he began to participate in the persecution of the church. So, Saul has been groomed. Listen, Saul is operating now under an assumed identity. He's operating under an assumed identity, not the identity of Christ. Because, see, reconciliation, if we were to look at uh, Colossians 1 again, It says, although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body. Wait, wait a minute. If I'm reconciled, so brought back to, it is the restoration of orderly right in original relationships. This means that to be formerly alienated and hostile in mind and to be engaged in evil deeds, Is not the original intention of God's creation. That's an assumed identity. And so Saul is operating under an assumed identity. Like many of us. Many of you who may be listening to me right now. Sin is not God's best for your life. It's not. Depression is not God's best for your life. Brokenness of any type is not God's best for your life. Lust. Is not God's best for your life. All of those are assumed identities. As I said Sunday, this is what I don't like when we begin to identify with the thing that is trying to oppress us. I am insert your condition. I don't like that. That's you. You. You are. You are saying that this is who you are. You are making it a part of your identity. That's an assumed identity. You are assuming it. You are taking it on, but I need somebody who's listening to me right now. You you have to understand, you may have been groomed to be angry. You may have been groomed uh, to operate mischievously. You may have been groomed to lie. You may have been groomed to cheat. It's all you've ever seen. It's all you've ever experienced. For some of you, glory, it has been a survival tactic. You survived by stealing. You survived by cheating. It's the only way you knew how to live. But please hear me when I say this. If any man. Be in Christ. He's new. All those old things have passed away. All things become new. You need to shed the old assumed identity. You Listen, that's the only way I know how to operate. But that's not how we live or walk in the regenerated life. Saul here in our text is out of alignment with God. He's literally an enemy of the church. If you look at it right there in, in, in chapter 8, This is Acts chapter eight, verse one. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout man buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. He was brutal at his job. Brutal at his job. His grooming, glory, his grooming had literally made him proficient. See, one of the reasons that I believe that some people struggle with righteousness is because they're actually more proficient at sin. And because the church has done a poor job of teaching us how to live as the born again, many people revert back to their sinful nature. Let me, let me thank God for us getting people saved. Thank God for us getting people filled with the Holy Ghost. But at some point we have to show people how to live or as as Romans would say, walk in the newness of life. Are y'all hearing me? I come, John 10, I come that you might have life, Zoe, and have it. More abundantly. Romans walk in the newness of life. The baby comes out of the womb with the ability to walk, but they have to learn to use that ability. They have to learn to walk. They come out of the womb with the toes, you know, healthy baby, the toes, the legs, all of that. But they still have to learn to use them, they have to learn to walk. And so the church. We've gotten people saved, thank God. Let's 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 not get into uh, those who thought they were saved, but they would never really uh, they never really accepted Christ. They accepted church. But let's say we got them saved. We got them filled. Thanks be to God. But, but we have to teach you to walk in this. And so because we've done a poor job of teaching people how to walk in the newness of life, we find ourselves specifically during times of trouble reverting back to what's comfortable, reverting back to what's muscle memory, reverting back to how we've been groomed. As a matter of fact, Paul has support from his groomers. He believes he's right. But listen to what I'm about to say here. You can be broken and not even know it. In other words, you can be out of alignment with God You can be an enemy of the church. You can can literally uh, be operating under an assumed identity and not even know it. Why? Because for many of us, our groomers, the ones who groomed us away from God, are still the strongest voices in our lives. They're still the ones who are pulling our coat strings. But let me say this one more time. What has been done can be undone. To undo the broken identity, and this is where I tried to be on Sunday. To undo the broken identity requires us to have a legitimate, a legitimate encounter, and subsequent submission to the right identifier. I'll do it again. To undo the broken identity. So, if you're listening to me right now, you says, "You know what, Bishop? You're right." I've been operating under an assumed identity. I have now determined that that assumed identity is broken and I no longer want to operate in that assumed identity. I want to operate in my spiritual identity. I want to be new and I want to walk in the newness of life. I want to have that Zoe. I want to have that life-giving force living within me. How do I do it? I have to have one, a legitimate encounter. Two, I have to have submission to the right identifier. That's Jesus. So, an encounter with the Lord and submission to the Lord. An encounter with the Lord and submission to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Imitators, literally, where we get our word to mimic. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and he gave himself up for us an offering. And a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Like, be imitators of God. Mimic God. And, and, and I said this, I said this Sunday, I need to, and, and let, let me say it again. You will never mimic what you don't focus on. I want to say it as soberly as possible. You will never mimic what you don't focus on. You will never focus on what you don't honor. Because you don't think it deserves your time. And you will never honor what you have displaced. Again, you will never mimic what you don't focus on. You will never focus on what you do not honor. And you will never honor what you have displaced. If God is out of place, you won't honor him. If you don't honor him, you'll never focus on him. And if you don't focus on him, you cannot mimic him. Same in reverse. If God is not in his proper place, you will not honor him. If you do not honor him you're not focused on him and if you don't focus on him it's impossible to mimic him and therefore we'll never get to verse 3 in ephesians 5 immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints there must be no filthiness silly talk coarse jesting which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks for this you know with certainty That no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Please understand this. This type of living, immorality, impurity, greed, that's not in Christ. You can't say you're mimicking Christ and greedy. You can't say you're mimicking Christ and immoral. You can't say you're mimicking Christ and impure. You can't say you're mimicking Christ and and you're speaking filthy. Of course. That you see what I'm saying? If I'm only focused on the one who always does right, then that will become my pattern. Righteousness will become my pattern. I said it to undo the broken identity. I have to have a legitimate encounter. See, there's that that honor. I got to honor you. And many people won't honor God because we haven't encountered God. We still treat God as our get out of jail free card. God is still the one who you call on after you've run out of your options. But you got to have a legitimate encounter and subsequent submission to the Lord. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the Lord wants this. The Lord wants to have this encounter with us. But sometimes, you know, like Paul, we have been so groomed and so taken away, robbed of our focus, that the Lord has to shake us. He has to get us back in alignment. The Lord can deal with you. One or two ways. Either you can initiate the encounter or he can initiate the encounter. See, deal with you one or two ways. Either you can go seeking after God or God going to come looking for you. I promise you, one way or another, he's going to get the glory. Either way. Now, when you say, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I- I- I'm going to... I got to get my mimicking right so I know I got to get my focus right. And then once I get my focus right, then I'll get my honor right. And then once I get my honor right, I'll know that I have God in this proper place. I'm ready. Okay. Here's what what we need to do. Three things. Number one, close yourself completely to everything that's not God. There's the disengagement. Like, what did the Bible just say? Verse 3 of Ephesians 5 immorality, impurity, greed must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Literally, close yourself to any and everything that is not of God. Number two, open yourself to everything that is. See, here's the thing. Well, I'm just not on that. I, oh boy. You know, I want to get right with God But I'm just not going to church. Time out. The church. Is the bride of Christ. It's his design. It's it's his structure. It's his basilica. We. The church. We are the ecclesia. The called out ones. We cannot say. That we want God but don't want the church. But, but but Bishop, I'm church hurt. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. I've said it before. I've, I've told people, no, no, no. But But listen, when you know better, you do better. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. You're not hurt by the bride of Christ. You got hurt by people who said they were representing the bride, some of which are not even a part of the bride. Hear me. So I got to close myself off to everything that is not God, open myself up to everything that is, and then be willing to walk by faith as I walk this new pattern. I got to be willing to walk by faith as I walk this new pattern. That's the thing. Listen, I don't know what I'm. You, you got to say, all right, Lord, it's me and you. We out here. I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm gonna walk this new pattern. I'm gonna learn this new pattern. I'm gonna submit, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get under somebody who can teach me. I'm going to i'm I'm, I'm gonna get that pride and that ego out of the way because I want to walk in the newness of life. I'm gonna quit thinking that I know everything. I'm gonna quit walking around with all of this arrogance and I'm gonna I'm gonna get submitted. I'm gonna ask questions. Come on, y'all, because that's what's wrong with many of us. We won't ask questions. Just because you were smart in the world, don't make you smart in the kingdom. Just because you were somebody in the world don't, don't mean that you got to come into the kingdom and all of a sudden stick your chest out like you know everything. This is not the way that it works. It's not the way that it works. Close yourself to everything that should not be there. Open yourself to everything that God offers. Everything. And then be willing to walk by faith in these new patterns. Look at Acts chapter 9. Because it's going to take faith. But we walk by faith, and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. Acts chapter nine. Now Saul. So now, a lot of stuff is happening between where we just were. But Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Went to the high priest, asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way any Christian, any believer. That's what they call themselves, people of the way. Both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He's, he said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But get up in the city and he'll be told you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no man. Saul got up from the ground, and and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. Leading him by the hand, they brought him to Damascus. Wait a minute. Look at what God does. Legitimate encounter. Saul wasn't looking for God, but God came looking for him. And he has this encounter. And what did the Lord do? Closed his eyes. You thought you could see before, but I'm going to show you that you can't see without me. That's a word for many of you who are listening. You think you see now, but God is showing many of you, you cannot see without the Lord. Saul's eyes are open, yet he cannot see. And that's many of us. Your eyes are wide shut. Your eyes are wide shut. See, before this, I told you, Paul was broken and didn't know it. And this is what's vital. And I want you to hear me now. And this is for some of you who are out here in this audience. And if this is for you, you know, I I know many people say, I don't know who this is for. But there are some of you who are listening to me right now. And what I'm about to say is vital. It's vital because let me tell you why this is vital. You're saying, Lord, I'm doing all of these things. But it doesn't seem like anything's changing. Lord, I know what your word said, but I haven't seen the manifestation. Lord, I know what the word declares. I know the promises of God are yes and amen. I know that the word will not return back void, but God, I just don't see it. Before this encounter, Saul was completely broken and thought he was healthy. But now, at this encounter, Saul Looks broken, but he's actually healing. He looks broken, but he's actually healing. He's actually coming out of his brokenness. This is the revelation that I wanted to get us to because sometimes when we are coming out of darkness into the light, and you're stumbling around, and you're finding your way, and you don't yet have your bearings about yourself, even though you're walking in light, there's a moment there where you can look broken. Don't get caught up there. Don't listen to the noise there. Don't allow people to shake you there. For the pastor listening to me right now, who is struggling, who is struggling with How am I going to, you know, come back after all of these years of not being in? They said this and they said that. No, no, no. Listen, listen. No man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. So don't look back. Put your hand on the plow and move forward. You may look at your congregation pastor and you don't see who you saw. But here's the thing. You might have been broken before. And thought you were healthy. But now you may look broken, but you're actually healing. This is your season of divine connection. Man of God, woman of God, this is your season of divine connection. Look at this. Saul was at the top of his game, chief priest, everybody, giving him whatever he wants. But by verse eight, his eyes are open, he sees nothing, and they had to lead him by the hand. And he's there three days without sight and he neither ate nor drank. But God was already preparing somebody to teach him. God was already talking to Ananias to help him. God was already working with Ananias to be the one who would take him to the next level. Listen, you have to find the person prepared to progress you. There's somebody that God has prepared to progress you. And you're going to get there and don't try to fix yourself before you get there. Because the person prepared to progress you is prepared to progress you even though you're going to show up blind. The person prepared to progress you is going to help you and you don't have to lie about your state. I come against the spirit of brokenness. Many of you have been lying about your state. Not telling the truth about where you stand, but there is somebody prepared to progress you, somebody that God, I'm talking about in the earth, I'll just go to God by myself. No, there is an Ananias prepared to progress you, prepared to literally lay hands and remove scales from your eyes, to catapult you into next levels of God. But you got to be truthful. You got to tell the truth. You have to disengage, close yourself to everything that should not be. Open yourself to everything that should. And have a willingness to walk in these new patterns. Paul looks broken. Saul looks broken. But he's actually healing. I'll end with this. What has been done. Can be undone. Mark it down. I promise you. I promise you that God cannot fail. I promise you that God cannot lie. Don't take my word for it. Look at the word of God. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.